So we are in the second week of this series that we're calling Till Death Do Us Part. And if you missed last week, it would be helpful for you to go back and listen to that. It's loemicc.com slash messages. You can go back and listen to just about any sermons that have been happening in the past, assuming there's no technical difficulties on that particular Sunday. Um, but our last week's message is there, and it will help you because everything in this series is built on the foundation that we started last week. Um, but just so people aren't totally lost, if you didn't catch it, let me tell you what we talked about, and that was the mission of marriage, the purpose or the reason for why people get married in the first place. And we said that the point of marriage is for a husband and a wife to join together in a covenant that reflects how Jesus relates to the world, meaning that the love a husband and wife show one another should in some way reflect or show to the world, this is how Jesus has loved us. It's a love that's forgiving. It's a love that endures when things aren't always perfect. When people break our hearts and hurt us, we can still love and care and serve. It's a love that puts the other person first. And so we are supposed to, as married couples, for those of us that are married, our, our marriages are supposed to be in some little way a parable of the fact that Jesus loves us. And so that when people see us, they maybe get a tiny glimmer, a tiny bit of that love that Jesus has for us. Now, what's funny about this little mission of marriage, the purpose of marriage, is that none of us got married for that reason. We got married because we were in love and we just wanted to be with someone forever. That's why everybody gets married. And so um, it kind of takes a lot of us, if we're Christians, uh, some time before we finally figure out that, oh, if we do this, if this is the reason why we're married, if this is our goal and our aim of marriage, things can become a lot better than just the, I'm in it to feel that warm and fuzzy type of love, because marriage has to be built on more than that. Now, one of the biggest issues in any marriage is conflict, and there are a lot of reasons that that can arise. Uh, we're going to talk about two, not today, but we're going to start with one today and maybe get to the one next week. Here's two reasons why, I think the main two reasons why there's conflict in a marriage. Um, one is just because we're different. Men and women are different, People are different, and when you take two different people and you squish them together into one house, one bed, one life, one closet maybe, things can get kind of messy. And so there's certain things that um, happen just because we're together and we don't understand or appreciate the differences of our husband or our wife. Um, the second reason for conflict in marriage is sin. Because instead of loving like Jesus, we get selfish, we do things based on what I want, and we worry about my needs over the needs of our spouse, and we kind of get the formula backwards because Jesus says to love other people more than yourself, and especially your spouse, and we kind of forget that, and we think, well, I really love me and forget about them, and I want what I want. And so sometimes sin just gets into the equation, and that can create a whole host of problems. And we'll get to that, like I said, next week, but today, I just want to talk about that first category. Uh, the, those, those problems that arise, not because anything's necessarily wrong, not because anybody did anything that was intentionally bad, but just because we're different. You see, there are differences between men and women that God built into us. From the beginning of creation, God has created two different sexes to be a beautiful and complementary relationship that these differences 
offset one another. The differences in, in husband and wife uh, highlight the good stuff and hopefully kind of cover up some of the places where we as individuals might be lacking. And so rather than understanding the differences between men and women and appreciating the differences between men and women, what happens is we often just let that, those differences be a source of a lot of chaos and conflict and fighting and you know, waking up frustrated and going to bed frustrated. And so um, let me say something up front that I want you to hold on to, especially when we talk about this type of conflict, okay? Because when it comes to your spouse and the way that they think, the way that their brain is wired, the way that they instinctively do things, here's what I want you to think about. Not wrong, just different. Let's say that together. Ready? Not wrong, just different. And that can be hard because there are a lot of behaviors that aren't really morally wrong that you will just be tempted to say, yeah, it is. Okay, some of you, you are like type A, everything has a place, everything has, is ordered, and everything is kind of clean, and you're, you're kind of a neat freak. And so when you see someone squeeze that toothpaste tube from the middle rather than rolling it up from the end, that just kind of makes your eyes start twitching and your blood pressure rise, and you think, no, that's the wrong way to do things. I'm kind of like that. There are a few things that drive me nuts. We don't get my kids the tubes anymore. We get one with a pump. Because it drives me nuts because they just squeeze it from the middle, toothpaste everywhere, and it drives me nuts, okay? But that's not morally, ethically wrong. It's just a difference in the personality. Hopefully one that I will change by the time they turn 18 and move off on their own. Um, but there's things where, like, you know, you're clean, you like things where they are, and someone leaves underwear and things on the floor around the hamper, not in the hamper, just around the hamper. Again, it's not wrong. It might be something that, yeah, out of thoughtfulness and care, we should correct and try to modify over time, but we've got to see, we've got to try to separate these two categories. Not every problem is a right or wrong issue. Some things are just, I'm different, you're different, and rather than just hating each other because of these differences, fighting with each other because of these differences, we need to learn how to make these differences work for us, and maybe, yes, sometimes temper some of those behaviors so that we can coexist more peacefully in our home. So not wrong, just different. That's kind of the mantra for today's sermon as we go through here. But I do want to say, as we go home from here, this does not get to be your free pass for being terrible to your spouse, okay? You don't get to just throw stuff wherever you want and say, Anthony said, it's not wrong, just different, deal with it, honey. Well, that's, I don't want my words to be a weapon, okay? So not wrong, just different. That doesn't mean that we can't learn. Again, maybe temper some of those behaviors and learn to be more peaceful. But What's interesting is the, the differences between men and women are highlighted all the way back in the creation story. So if you want to grab a Bible, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. I don't know about the Bible you brought with you if you brought one, but the Black Pew Bible's there. It's page 1. And so we'll be there, and then the verses will be on the screen, though, if you just want to follow along there as well. If you don't own a Bible, feel free to take that black one home with you. That can be our gift to you today. You're not stealing from a church. Let's read Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. And pay attention to the underlined words. We're going to come back to those in just a minute. In the beginning, this is the very first start, first words in the Bible. In the beginning, God. This is just, this isn't marriage advice. Let me just pause right here. This is just good advice for life. In the beginning was God. That means God is the point of the human story. 
God is the point of the story of our universe. You and I are not the sinners of the world. That's just, again, that'll make your marriage better, but that'll just make your life better if you can just get that and internalize that little fact right there. In the beginning, God, he preexisted us, and so he is the point of all of this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, earth being the planet upon which we are standing, heavens being what you see when you look up at night, okay? The reaches of the universe. He created it all. And the earth was without form and void. We'll come back to those. And darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, oops, I went backwards. Um, now, in the beginning, since the earth was formless and void, so after God had made everything, the starting point of this planet upon which we live was that it was formless and void. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew, and those Hebrew words for without form and void, the first one is tohu, that means formless, chaotic, confusing, not useful at this point in time. It's disorderly, and it can't really be used for what God wants to use it for. So tohu is formless. Bohu means void or utterly empty. No life, nothing really good yet within its dimensions. And so in Genesis 1, then we see the days of creation, you know, God created this, it's the first day. God created this, the second day. There's six days of creation. And as you read through the story, what you see is God kind of not correcting, but, but finishing his work of creation by taking the earth, and he forms it into something useful. He creates order where there is chaos, and then he fills it with life. So it's formless, chaotic, void. God fills it with order and life. That's what we see in the days of creation. And the culmination on the sixth day of creation was us. Jump down to verse 26. It says, And then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So God created humanity in his image, but then he gave us two sexes, two genders, male and female. Now what's really interesting is if you pay attention to the creation story, again, all the six days of creation, God tends to create things in pairs, complementary pairs that go together to create, again, this order, this balance. Not identical pairs, but complementary, different things that go together that kind of complete one another, go together like puzzle pieces. For instance, there's light and dark that God creates. There's um, surface and sky, meaning what we stand on versus what we look at. There's land and sea. There's sun and moon. All of these pairs that go together to create order and rhythm that work to bring balance to this creative world in which we live. And then finally, the final pair that we see are men and women. And so men and women are the final complementary pair in the ordering of God's kingdom. And so again, all these pairs, it's important to notice, they're all different. We don't get two sons. We get a sun, which is a giant ball of gas millions of miles away that is putting out tremendous amounts of light and heat. And then we get a moon, which is just basically a big rock that is shiny enough to reflect the sun. I mean, they're totally different things, but they serve a purpose of order and rhythm. And these pairs are at times drastically different from each other so that they might complement one another. They work together. And so these differences are for the good of creation. They're, they're a part of God's order in the world. 
And so men and women are representative of God using complementary pairs to bring balance and rhythm to his creation. And it's not really surprising that men and women are incredibly different on just about any level you examine us. We're all different. That's just how it is. Now, unfortunately, like I said earlier, we don't take the time to fully appreciate these differences. And they cause lots and lots of trouble as we do this, as we, as we kind of let them become sources of conflict rather than something that highlights the beauty and rhythm of God's creation. And yet, God did this on purpose. God made men and women, men and women different for a reason. And it wasn't just so that you could fight before you go to bed. It wasn't so you could bicker over which way to fold the towels. Okay? God made it this way for a reason. And when we don't understand that reason, what we get is conflict. Not understanding, not, not peace, not compromise, but just fighting. Because we say, your way is wrong. No, it's not wrong. It's just different. God made us to be different. Now, I have always loved science. It's just kind of a thing that I have always been very passionate about. I don't get to geek out over science a lot in sermons, but today I get to. And I want to highlight just two examples of the ways that our brains are wired differently as men and women. Okay. Now, I want to say something before I get there, um, just to be, again, scientifically correct. Um, there are, I'm going to look at a couple of studies that were done and published in trustworthy scientific, you know, resources, and um, they will highlight some common themes they found in how men's brains operate versus how women's brains operate. But there are, there's kind of a spectrum here. There's not just men's brains are always this way and women's brains are always this way. It's a little bit of a spectrum. So some men, their brains can maybe operate a little bit more like the typical woman's brain, and a woman's brain could operate a little bit more like the man's brain, and that's okay, that's totally normal. So I understand not everybody is going to fit the bill that I'm going to talk about today, but in a lot of cases, this is how our brains tend to operate. So let's just talk about the good old human brain. You've all got one, I hope, and here we are. There's two examples I want to give you, okay? The first comes from a 2013 study out of the University of Pennsylvania. They scanned the brains of nearly a thousand people doing different tasks, and what they did was they monitored the neural connections in your brains, meaning how your brain talked to other parts of your brain. So what, so what was firing from here to here, here to here, here to here, all that stuff, how your brain communicated with the different parts of your brain. And a little bit about the brain, just so you understand where we're going here. The left side of your brain tends to be the part that handles analytical thought, logical thought. It's the, the part of your brain that lets you sit and mull over a problem and weigh the, the balances, you know, the options here. It's the pros and cons that what allows you to really dig in deep on an issue, okay? It's analytical thought. It's slow thought. The right side of your brain tends to be intuitive thinking or instinctual thinking. This is the kind of thinking that kicks in when you put your hand on a burner. You don't want the left side of your brain kicking in when you touch a hot stove burner. You don't go, hmm, is this a good idea? I wonder what's going to happen if I leave it here. No, your brain kicks in before you have any time to think, and it says, ow, boom, get it off of there for your own good. And this is the type of brain where, or decision where maybe even when you come into a situation and you just get that feeling right off the bat that something's off. That's intuitive, instinctual thinking. Now, what they found when they scanned men's brains was that the way men's brains tended to talk to one another was that all of the communication stayed on one side of the brain. The left side talked to the left side, and the right side tended to talk to the right side. 
They didn't, they didn't go this way. All, the, th- all the, the firings were back and forth, okay? There's a, there's a pathway between the two hemispheres of your brain called the corpus callosum. There's going to be a test, so you might want to take notes. Um, it's a joke if you're new. Um, um, so, but but what it, that corpus callosum isn't really getting used as much in guys. It's just your brain is talking to the same side of your brain. Now, in women's brains, it was totally different. Women's brains tended to talk both ways. I mean, the hemispheres were talking to each other. The analytical thought and the intuitive thought were working together, back and forth, processing a lot of information. There's analytical and intuitive working together. So imagine that corpus callosum, that that connection between the hemispheres in a woman's brain is like an eight-lane interstate. All kinds of traffic, and it's moving fast, and it's going both ways, and everything's talking to everything else. And in a man's brain, that corpus callosum, it's like a one-lane, muddy country road full of potholes. Yeah, stuff's going from here to here, but it's not a lot, and it's not moving quick, okay? So, So it's a different type of connections in our brain. And here's what that tended to point out. When a man's brain operates this way, men tend to be better at focusing hardcore on one thing at a time. We can zero in, this is a thing, let's focus on this thing, and when this thing is done, then I'll go do some other things. But this is where I need to be right now. We can do one thing at a time. Especially, men are especially good if um, that's a physical task. There's something in us that just, because our brain's only talking, that physical side of your brain, I think it's on the right back here somewhere, it's, um, I might be wrong about that, but like, it's not getting muddled by thinking with some stuff over here. And so there's there's a physical component we tend to do especially well. But women, on the other hand, can process multiple things at once, have superior memory, superior attention, superior facial recognition, and better social cognitive skills. And again, not everybody maybe fits this bill, but this really makes my marriage make a lot more sense. Because... This means women are thinking about lots of things at one time. Everything's kind of connected. Um, Abby is the one in our house who handles basically our calendar and our schedule. She's really good at having that like 40,000 foot view, seeing all of it, making sure everything has its place and things aren't overlapping. Me, on the other hand, I can work on this week. I can, I can put stuff in the calendar for the future, but once it's in the calendar, I don't even think about it until it comes up to be next week. Like next week is future Anthony's problem. This week is now Anthony's problem, and we'll get to next week when next week gets here. That's just kind of how I've always been. I wish I could operate more like that, but that's just not how my brain tends to be wired at the moment. Um, I heard a really good description of how, um, of how to think about men's and women's brains. Picture a man's brain as a garage filled with categorized boxes, okay? And every box is its own thing, okay? So sports are in one box. Hobbies each get a box. Marriage gets a box. Things they learned in school gets a box. Work gets a box. Everything has a box, and none of them boxes are touching. There's no overlap in the boxes, and guys can get in one box at a time. Not two boxes. We're pretty much one box at a time people. Now, women's brains, on the other hand, tend to be like a giant knotted ball of Christmas lights, Everything touches everything. Everything is connected. You couldn't untangle it if you wanted to. And when one bulb goes out, the whole thing has problems. That tends to be, this is why, guys, when your wife says, I wish I could shut my brain off, she can't. It's all overlapping. It's all touching. That's just the way her brain is wired. 
Now, you can probably start to understand and think that how these kinds of things can cause conflict in a marriage. And again, they're not bad. They're not wrong. They're just different. And they were meant to be things that were a blessing to us, not a curse. But when we don't understand, that can become a huge problem. So let's talk about a couple ways this can cause um, some issues. Let's start small first. Um, This is why, ladies, when you ask your husband to get the ketchup out of the fridge and he opens it up and says, we don't have any ketchup. And you walk up and you go, it's right here, moron. Like you grab it out in like two seconds, right? And you're like, why didn't he see that? Because he had a box open when you asked him to get the ketchup. And the ketchup wasn't in that box. Whatever he was thinking about then, it's just, there's no ketchup. He doesn't see it. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even exist. And you walk over and you're like, here it is. It's right here. Why didn't you see that? You're an idiot. And you think he's an idiot. He's not an idiot. He just didn't have the right box open to find the ketchup. That's okay. Um, another thing that drives me nuts is I'll be, uh, my kids lose the remote like eight times a day. And I wish I was exaggerating, but it's just always gone. And I will sit there and lift up cushions and be on my hands and knees crawling, looking under the couch at the flashlight. And I will be getting so frustrated like the sixth time that they've lost the remote that day and it's like why can't we ever find the remote and then abby walks in and she's like turn to the pillow here you go and it makes me so mad and i never sit there in that moment and think i'm so glad i'm married man i'm glad i married her boy look at her. no it makes me feel incompetent it makes me feel so stupid that i just spent five minutes looking for something that took her three seconds to find but again apparently the wrong box was open and as much as i tried i couldn't get the right one open So, oh well. But let's talk about a bigger issue where this can cause some problems. And some people don't like talking about this in church, but we're going to talk about it, and that is sex. This can create a a lot of heads. What? What are we talking about? Sex. Okay. Um, uh, We're talking because one of the top three issues in marriage is sex. It's one of the number one issues of conflict that arises in a marriage. And so here's uh, one way that this can cause all kinds of problems, okay? For most women, sex can't happen. If there's other things on the mind, other things that are happening, a to-do list to be done. She can't get into the mental headspace required for sex. If there's a laundry to be done, bills to be paid, unfinished things happening at work, if there's any sort of insecure feelings happening in her heart because of something that happened that day, she just can't get from there to where guys often want her to be. Guys, on the other hand, guys have no problem shutting all the boxes and opening the box that has to do with sex. doesn't matter what else is going on. Doesn't matter if a million things are happening. Doesn't matter if everything's in chaos. Guys can focus in. And so when your wife says she's not really into it because of all the stuff on her plate, guys are thinking, what does laundry, what, is the, what, is, what do dishes, what does the, the house being destroyed and the kids being crazy, what does any of that have to do with sex? Everything. Because everything is connected. Everything is uh, touching. Everything is an issue. And, and that's just the way her brain is. It's firing on a level that ours just can't, gentlemen. And that's okay. And in the moment, guys can get mad and rude and frustrated because it's like, no, this is what I'm focused on. And why can't you just shut all that else off and focus on this thing with me? And it'll be good for everybody. But that's just not how things work. And then wives, you end up wondering, why is this moron? Why won't he stop putting the moves on me? The kids are awake, and they're causing craziness, and work was horrible today. What is his problem? And it's because nothing's connected. That stuff doesn't even matter. He can put that totally off the radar and focus in on what he wants to focus on. And again, not wrong, just different. And if we can understand the differences and appreciate why things are happening, why we're acting a certain way, it can create a whole new level of peace than if we just get mad because something's not working the way that we want. Now, another key difference that was discovered in brains that are different between male and female 
I don't have a fun little diagram for this part, but they found that there are certain areas of the brain when guys get stressed that shut down. They just rev down. And those same areas in a woman when she gets stressed amp up, okay? And those, uh, act, those certain areas are the areas of the brain that recognize faces and appreciate the facial expressions on those faces, meaning you can interpret, she's mad, he's happy, okay? And a guy, when he's stressed, that stuff starts shutting down, and that's why guys tend to go inside. They draw away. They, they, they back off from social stuff when they're bothered by something. We just kind of shut down and go inside of ourselves and start thinking about it in a different way. Whereas women, those areas amp up. So when things are being stressed and they're problematic, women are more likely to so, uh, look, out, look out for social connections and social support. And you can think of the ways this causes a problem when, you know, a, a guy who's got something going on at work and so he just comes home and he's quiet and he's thinking in on himself and he's, you know, just kind of trying to figure it out. And the wife can tell something's wrong and he, she starts playing 20 questions and he's like, yeah, no, 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 mind up, back, no, I don't need it. And then eventually he's like, just leave me alone. Stop, I don't want to talk about it. Can't you figure that out? And she's thinking, something's wrong. He needs to talk about it. And he's thinking, just leave me alone and let me figure it out and then I'll talk. And, and those fights happen all the time. And it's not because anybody's doing anything wrong. It's just because we're different and we didn't take a moment to understand the differences. But where this can be really devastating, and this is where I think um, a lot of marriages, when there's a tragedy, in, 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 a, in a life, in a, in a married life, a lot of marriages fall apart and don't survive that. And I think one of the main reasons is because a husband withdraws when he hurts and the wife is looking for support. And she's in the, they're hurting wondering, why isn't my husband supporting me? Why isn't he helping me through this? Why isn't he reaching out and, and, and trying to comfort me in the middle of this? It's because he's, his brain, it's turning down, it's revving down. And, and he doesn't have that, he, I mean, you, we can still reach out, but he's not thinking about that his brain's being different than her brain. He's not thinking that he's gr grieving differently than her brain. He's just hurting, and that's what he's naturally doing. And you're hurting, and you're trying to do what you're naturally doing, and they're not really compatible in that particular moment. And she feels like he doesn't care. He doesn't want anything to do with me. He doesn't want to be there for me. And so, again, these aren't bad things, but they are things we definitely need to learn to navigate as people who understand God made us this way, not so that we would fight, not so that we would struggle, not so that our lives would be miserable, but he did this as a blessing. But when we don't understand the way this stuff works, it's no wonder it's the source of all this conflict. And so the answer to this is that foundation that we started with last week, that we need to love each other the way Jesus loved us. And Jesus, out of his great love for us, he put our needs ahead of his own. He didn't go to the cross thinking, I don't want to do this, so I'm going to bail. He thought, these people need this. I'm doing this for them. Even though it's going to hurt me, I'm in this for them, not myself. And his love for us also desired our good above his own. And so as a spouse, it is our job to try and learn how our husband and our wife's brains operate. Maybe some of those stereotypical examples I gave today, maybe they're switched in your household, and that's okay. That doesn't mean that you don't need to learn how each other works. You're not supposed to learn how men and women operate. You're supposed to learn how your spouse tends to operate. And you're supposed to talk these things out so that you don't crash and burn just trying to navigate these differences. And because of the fact that everything is connected in her brain, guys, the fact that her brain, everything's connected, that is the reason that your life is good. Okay? If it weren't for that, you would starve to death, most of us, and you would still be picking up 
dirty underwear off the floor and giving them the sniff test to see if they were passable for another day. The fact that she can keep all the plates spinning, all the things wheeling in motion, keep your house orderly, keep the kids going to all the things they need to go to, that makes your life better. So we appreciate the differences rather than being mad when they pop up. And then ladies, when your husband is withdrawn and quiet, maybe don't try to drag it out because he's stressed about something. Let him process it and just say, hey, I know you're processing something, but when you're ready to talk, I'm here for you. That could be so helpful. And I know it might be hard for you because you want to know, you want to help. That's your natural tendency. But just to take a step back. And gentlemen, if she starts to lean in when you're stressed, don't get mad. Maybe just say, hey, can I have a little bit to process what's going on? Can I have a little bit just to sit here and feel this for a while before we we engage with it? And then if you're both hurting, um, I think, guys, I think you need to work against your desire to withdraw and you need to reach out for There'll be time for you to process and quiet. There's time for you to think. But at that point in time, you want to reach out so that your marriage doesn't, uh, you don't want your wife to reach out and find nothing there to grab onto. Um, Because in marriage, the needs of your spouse outweigh your own needs all the time. Far too often you hear people say, they're not meeting my needs. That should not be our focus in marriage. It's their, how can I meet their needs? How can I wake up each morning and be a better wife or a better husband? Because God made us different for a reason, and these differences were there to fill in the gaps that we lack, the things that we are missing out on, the things that we can't do on our own. They would have that to do. And they were meant to complement one another so that we were stronger together than we are on our own. But that strength only comes when we learn why these differences exist and how we can make them work together for us and how we can navigate those differences in a married life. And I have seen too many people over the years, who put zero time and zero effort into learning how their spouse operated. And so what they do is they end up in a cycle of getting married and divorced over and over and over again. And at some point, they just get bitter towards the other gender in general. You know, then it's like, women, or guys are a bunch of moron, cavemen, whatever. And they start talking about about the whole other gender, when the problem is not the other gender, it's the fact that we never took the time to learn how to work together and understand God made them differently for a reason. And so it doesn't make sense for us to do that. And so if you're married, you need to take time to learn how your spouse thinks, how their mind works, how their heart works, and learn how that can be something that is a blessing for you rather than something that you curse Because it is something that God built into the creative order for beauty. Everything has order and rhythm. That is how God made our world. And the pinnacle of of his creative order was another complementary pair. Men and women meant to go together for the beauty of all creation. And these differences often create so much conflict that could be eliminated if we just at least took a second to understand. If we took some time to know and appreciate what God was doing when he made men and women the way he did. And if we took the time to appreciate and loved our spouses the way God, through Christ, loved us. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for all that you do. We're grateful for the ways that you have cared for us, the ways that you've made us different as men and women. And we know that uh, these differences, some of them are good because they are differences that you've made in our uniqueness as each human being is unique. But some of the differences, Father, they're sin that we need to work on. And sometimes even, Father, the ways that you've made, us, um, you've, you've made us unique, sometimes if we let those unique those differences just have free reign, they'll take us to a place that is inconsiderate or not thoughtful of what our husband or our wife is going through. And so even, even in our marriages, even with our natural built-in traits, sometimes we just need to pull back on those a little bit so that we can be better for the person that we've promised ourselves to for life. 
And Father, I just pray that we would have the mindfulness to understand what is the difference that you have made and what is a problem that's being created because we've sinned and we need to repent and we need to ask for forgiveness and we need um, to work on having changed by the power of your Holy Spirit as we move forward in our relationships. And Father, as always, I, I just pray that as we talk about something like this in marriage, that, that um, we don't rule out people who, who aren't married. There is hope in life beyond marriage. Marriage is not everything, as we talked about last week. There, there are ways in you, in a relationship with you, that we can, have a, we can be a full human, with full purpose, with full meaning, with full human value, simply because you've made us, you chose for us to exist, and we can experience that and exercise that purpose in you totally outside uh, of, of being married. And I pray, Father, that people would not feel less of a person, less valued, less meaningful, simply because they're not married. In fact, the Apostle Paul says, people who are single can get more done for the cause of Christ. They can make more of an internal difference than those of us who have been married. And, and I just pray that we can appreciate that and understand those differences that exist and not everything that revolves around marriage. But as we talk about this topic of marriage, that we do help those who are married navigate something that is very complex and very complicated and at times very difficult and painful because as you try to merge two lives into one, things can get so messy. And so I just pray that you would guide us in that, that you would fill us with the grace and mercy of Jesus as we um, interact with our spouses, the grace and mercy of Christ as we encounter um, someone who's drastically different than us on a daily basis, and that we might um, understand, take the time to appreciate how you've made us different so that we can live a life that is a blessing, not just to us, but that will help us thrive in the purpose you've given us in the cause of Christ, that we can carry out that mission together as a beautiful couple. Not, not as a couple that's always fighting and trying to you know, see who's on top and playing basically king of the hill with our relationship because we don't understand one another. Thank you for the differences you've built into us. May they be a blessing to us and not a curse. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.